This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everyone to this Gallinac Master Cycling Podcast. Welcome Foggy. Kia from New Zealand. Well, we have got a very special podcast with world record holders, haven't we? We certainly have. It's uh, incredible listening. So I, earlier I recorded an interview with Catherine Dixon and Rachel Marston, Kat and Raz, uh, who cycled a tandem around the world. So we're going to hear that interview in a few minutes. But first, Foggy, what's what's been occurring for you in New Zealand? Oh, nothing as uh, awesome as, as as these two that you're about to uh, listen to. But uh, uh, we again a bit. We did a bit of uh, exploring of a couple of places that we've never been before um, over the last weekend. Um, then I managed to catch up with a group of masters riders. Actually, the thirteen of them have come down from the North Island to ride some of the trails in the South Island, and they're all they're all in their sixties and seventies. Um, but what a hoot. I mean, I, I, I joined them for a ride um, and I was only with them for about 20K. They're doing, they're doing hundreds of Ks on these, on these trails, you know, but they're stopping every few minutes to taking photographs. The, the banter between them, um, they're stopping at pretty much every cafe they find for a coffee. Uh, it was just awesome. I mean, it was just so, so funny just listening to them, um, you know, as, as they're riding along and, and taking the mick out of each other. So that was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we've had snow and ice. More here. snow. <laughs> hmm? More snow. More snow, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty cold here. It's very, for the southeast of England, it's it's a bit unusual to get to get this sort of weather. But yeah, it's been been snow here for quite a few days and just, yeah, under um, the kind of freezing temperatures the whole time. I went, I went out onto the turbo in the shed a couple of nights ago and I had I don't I had my full um bib, like thermal bib tights thermal vest two long sleeve layers uh, on on the turbo in the in the in the shed I mean we'll have to take one Dear layer me. off eventually but yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool here. it's going to clear the weekend hopefully so we can get Do you have icicles to... dripping off the end of your nose uh, oh yeah, not quite, but not not far, <laughs> not not far yeah. off that. So uh, yeah, I've been a bit constrained on the cycling front this um, this this past week. But anyway, I, I discovered I discovered some very interesting um, facts about cycling. Did you know, Foggy, that there there are it's estimated that there's around one point five billion bikes in the world. And can you do, do you know which country has the most bikes? Um, wild guess. Uh, I'd go for India. It's China. Well, yes, okay. Four hundred and fifty million bikes, it's estimated. Um, Incredible. So, which, which is the which is the second country with most? Bikes? I want to stick with India. You're sticking <laughs> with India. It's actually it's the the reckon it's the USA with a hundred million wow. bikes. Wow. Yeah, 
One point five. So what's the third one? India India's got a feature somewhere. I, yeah, you're going to ask me the third yeah. one. I didn't I didn't write that down. I should have. Uh, <laughs> asked. I don't actually know. I'm going to, I would, I would oh. have to. It probably is. We'll like, let's see. Yeah, it's, let's just say it's India. It's India. Yeah, I'm sure it's India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just in sheer volume of numbers of people, you know. Yeah, but I, yeah. I also know that the bike manufacturing outstrips car manufacturing by two and a half times. Yeah. Um, here in New Zealand, the actual um, imports of, of e-bikes um, and, and I guess conventional bikes on top of that, but it's actually the, the e-bike piece is catching up the vehicle imports, which is incredible. You know, It's not quite got there, but it's catching them. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we've talked about in previous episodes, then yeah, we have e-bikes yeah. are the future, aren't they? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them again in, in future podcasts. Okay, so let, let's yeah. go to the interview. So as I said earlier... Yeah. Uh, I spoke to um, Kat and Raz, Catherine Dixon and Rachel Marston, and in 2019-2020, they cycled round the world in a tandem in a world record time, world record time for men and women, by, I'm trying to remember, what did they say? Was it 16 or 17 days or so they beat the previous record by? I can't remember what it was, but it was a, you know, it took a significant yeah. slice out of the record. Um, 18,000 miles, which is around 30,000 kilometres, which works out about, I think it's about 70 miles a day. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good going. It's, yeah. it's good going. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's go to the interview. And here they are. Thank you so much, Raz and Kat, for joining the podcast today. It's, it's fantastic to to be able to speak to you. And it's not every day that I get to speak to world record holders. Um, so it's a it's a great honour to to have you here. So so Raz, why don't why don't you kick off? What what does it feel like to be a world record holder? Not 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 just a world record holder, but a world record holder for the men and women's records. Well, thank you for inviting us to chat with you. Um, how does it feel? It feels absolutely the same as ever. <laughs> I think it doesn't, until a time like this when we're talking to you and you just said, you know, some nice things, you kind of forget. It's just kind of, um, what do you think, Cab? I don't, it doesn't feel any different. At the time, it was just amazing. But I guess um, I think life and the world has kind of overtaken us, really. And uh, there's a kind of a normalness that uh, it's easy to forget you actually did it, I think, now. Kat, you share, well, you share what it was like. I think for me, um, because we, we came back uh, just into the lockdown, all the, all the things that we planned to do by way of celebration um, got, got kind of, I suppose postponed, and we still haven't really had that opportunity to to celebrate it. So, I mean, so in that regard, I think you know it was it was it was quite a, a difficult time to come back. Um, you know, going straight from from riding into lockdown, um, we did get the opportunity to celebrate a bit when uh, um, Guinness led with our story for the launch of the of the book this year and that that was lovely and we I suppose we had our two minutes of, of fame um where we nice. were you know people were asking us on onto media and things and that that was really nice and then I think it start you know it did sink in a little bit then um but you know I think I think it's I think when I reflect on it, it you know it feels wonderful um but it's it's um you know I guess we we're just like everybody else we get on our bike on a 
on a Sunday and we go for a ride, you know, we're still training, we're still doing what we do. There'll still be somebody who passes us that's, you know, can be a bit irritating at times. And, you know, and and it, and, and off we go, you know, life, life carries on. But, uh, you know, I do feel... I do feel that we did achieve something and, you know, when I, when I pause and think about it, it does feel very special. Yeah, I I know. I agree. It it is special. And I think when I got back, I was going to take a month off because I was going, we were just going to chill and enjoy kind of being back. And I was back less than a week and I was back at work. And um, again, people at work were, oh, nice to see you. And then completely forgotten because kind of everything COVID's taken over and, uh, and we're back into kind of in crisis mode and working. And I think um, that's when it's kind of easy to forget. But um, no, it's nice. I mean, we do, we, uh, Kat and I do reflect back. And on Facebook, you get this time last year, you were here or there photos. And that's really nice. There's going to be some party then when uh, when the COVID restrictions are lifted, <laughs> isn't it? Big party. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Wild, I'm sure it will be. So you, you must have had some hugely uplifting experiences on your uh, on on your journey, so Cat, uh, what are there any real, really memorable highlights that are, that you feel with your uh, that we you know you really felt your spirits at their highest? Yeah, I mean, I think I think every day getting onto the you didn't know who you're going to meet, and so in that way, it, you know, every day was was different and and special and we just felt so privileged and lucky to be able to to doing it I mean obviously as we went through countries you know there are certainly highlights that that sort of stick in your mind and I think we probably have a highlight for we went through around 25 different countries and you know when we're reflecting back you know we thought actually there was something special in each of those each of those countries but there's a number of things that stick in your mind I mean there was one evening when we were cycling um, into Venice and the sun was just setting and we were going along the causeway across the the water that was fairly early on and it was just just wonderful Um, there was you know cycling into Istanbul um, in the in the mad sort of traffic you know some of the tunnels in in Turkey and just sort of celebrating being alive when we we came out of them. You know, India was just a, uh, an assault of the senses. Uh, you know, the, the Nullarbor Desert, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, was just incredible. And just the, the kind of isolation and the sort of self-reliance of getting over it. And um, yeah, and then coming back through Spain, you know, Spain, you know, it was, it was right near the end. But, you know, Spain is pretty, is pretty mountainous. We... Uh, you should never underestimate Spain, as we were told. And um, so I think, you know, I think there's just points in your that, that really kind of stick in your mind. And and it, but it was every day was was an adventure. Raz, what were your highlights? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, listening to Kat, I was just sh- uh, nodding my head, listening to Kat and thinking, yeah, actually, I think every day was just brilliant. And I because we were we were just on a high and just enjoying everything so I think um, there were there were little there were moments where you know we got to the end of the Nullarbor and we were sitting and we're having a drink and watching the sun go down and you know things like that are just beautiful when you've achieved something and you can just relax for a minute and just enjoy enjoy it and we we stayed at this lovely site and people were lovely and um 
that was amazing. I loved, you know, I think when we went into um, Italy, it felt like we were on holiday and we went to yeah, Venice and saw Pisa and in just the, all of those kind of iconic places where they were so exciting to actually to have cycled to. And uh, yeah, so I think, um, I think we just thought, I think every day was just so exciting. When we set off, it was, um, it was lovely. Mm. We were so lucky. There was one morning uh, where the the, the monks um, are fed by the uh, by the townspeople, so they get the sticky rice. And we were we were we were leaving quite early, and everybody was processing through the town, all in their coloured robes and and things. And then you know, suddenly you go up the road, and there's a couple of elephants and and things like that. And, you know, I suppose just you know just that different culture and. And seeing people in everyday life, which I think if you are necessarily see that, if you're on a bike, then you actually see how people live on a on a day-to-day basis, you know, particularly um in some of the countries through through India and you know, India and Southeast Asia. And I think that was really, really, really special. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think if you're in a coach, you go too fast. In a car, you just don't see things. If you're walking, it's too slow. A bicycle is just the perfect speed. I, and you can really feel. When we went from country to country, didn't it? It, it took a kind of a, a day for it just to readjust to the, the vibes and the, the kind of the flow of the country. It was uh, very different from place to place. And uh, picking that up and going with it, it was, um, yeah. But you could tell uh, very subtly the changes between the countries. It was fantastic. There is, there is you know, on that point about the, the speed of the bike just being the right speed, I think there's also that the the sensual stimulation that you get for you know mm. you're exercising the wind's going through so your 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 senses are a bit heightened anyway aren't they and then you've got that additional impact of what's happening around you and you know you can reach out and touch it and you can feel part of it so yeah completely completely get that um cat will, uh, cat will agree about the wind we were in going into a headwind most of <laughs> most of the time weren't we it, it certainly felt like that so um Across Australia, um, we managed to have a, a pretty ferocious headwind all the way, all the way across Australia. So, um, in fact, to the point where I got, I forgot the, the the term tailwind, and and I just referred to it as a headwind from behind if it ever actually shifted, <laughs> because I couldn't actually remember the concept of a tailwind. So, there's no but, such thing as tailwind. Yeah, yeah. The prevailing wind is supposed to come from the west, but just don't believe it. It's uh, you know, when you're cycling around the world, you always seem to be cycling into a headwind. Yeah. So that leads nicely into dark moments when you're when on on the on the journey. Um, yeah, a relentless headwind for two and a half thousand miles or whatever it was over Australia. That that sounds like a bit of a dark moment, more than a moment, <laughs> lifetime um, to me. But you know, what what were the what were the dark times and and how did you get over them, Raz? Do you want to kick off again? Um. I think for me, day four only, that was the way when I just kind of, you set off and it was so exciting and leaving. And then day four, it's like, oh, golly, what are we doing? What are we really doing? And I had a kind of a, a wobble, um, but Kat was brilliant and ignored me completely um, for, a, <laughs> for a day or so. But I think um, I can't say other than, I can't say I ever 
felt I didn't really have that dark and never we never had the uncertainty that it wasn't going to happen or we weren't going to complete it or I don't think it felt very gloomy um about it I think you know we it was just we just kind of loved every minute and it was I didn't feel at any point apart from that you know that you know gosh what are we doing this is never gonna how are we gonna do it just didn't feel that yeah I think there was um I think there was one moment on the the nullarbor we'd um we were about four days out of Perth um and the nullarbor is is sort of the, the the desert in between uh at Perth and Adelaide in in Australia, and um, you know it's it it it's it, there's a very few roadhouses, um, and that's kind of it. You know, so there's very limited place where you can you can actually get anything to to eat, and but more importantly, where you can get get water. And so sometimes the distance is like 160 miles between between these um, these these roadhouses, and we we were just really into the into the desert and we um we broke we broke down so we had um we had a problem we had a mechanical problem and it, it was quite a it was quite a significant problem actually but that the, the uh, timing chain which is the chain which connects the the uh, the pilot and the stoker on a on a tandem just uh, kept coming off and the mechanism to tighten it um seized um and we could not shift it we um um, and, and, and basically, we spent seven hours at the side of the road um, trying to fix this 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 mechanical. Um, and it was the heat; it was probably up to about forty five degrees heat. Um, we were just covered in flies. Fortunately, people stopped to actually give us some some water. Um, if not, we would have been totally out of water. And I was getting to the point where I was thinking, I'm not sure we're going to be able to fix this. And and that would have meant we'd have to have gone all the way back to Perth. But um, yeah, we did we did fix it, and we managed to ride to Adelaide, and then you know we got a we got a proper bike shop where we could actually you know properly sort it out. But um, but that was kind of a moment. That's the only moment where I thought actually, do you know what? I'm not sure that we're going to be able to fix this here, and uh, that means that you know we're going to have to go back and, and lose a lot of time. But I remember you having that moment, but you were in the kind of midst of trying to fix it. And I never had any doubt that you weren't going to fix it. I just knew you were. So I, that wasn't my moment because I knew you were, you were going to fix it. And you did. Yeah. But that mentioned the flies, there weren't just flies. There were, well, I can't really describe the amount of flies, but they were... Oh, they would completely have covered your face. You wouldn't have been able to see me for flies. They were if I didn't if we didn't wear a head net, they were just in your eyes. I mean, hundreds of them up your nose, in your ears, just looking for anything, any moisture anywhere. There were hundreds, thousands of them, and it was intensely hot. And uh, yeah, it was. But I yes, I didn't. That wasn't when I had a. I just knew you were going to fix it, and she did. And what, what? So how did you fix it, Kat? Well, um, I mean, it, you know, probably probably very boring for for a podcast, but um, ended up ended up actually having to shorten the the, the chain. Um, 
and but the problem is when you shorten a chain, then you have to take probably a couple of links out, which meant that it was then too short. And anyway, uh, we managed to we managed to, to to sort of cobble it together in the end. And um, it was it but was it just a bit unfortunate. It was uh, it was a result of some of the service we'd had in Perth. They they'd actually put. Um, a chain that was uh, was not really the right chain for the bike, but hadn't given us any quick links as well, which meant that that, that was that was that was pretty because the quick links we had were, were were a slightly different size. So you know, so we managed. It, it, it just took took um, it took just took but a it, long time, and and because it, it had seized the um, the bottom bracket, we finally got it loose as well. But it's. Then the Allen keys got stuck in the bottom bracket. It was just one thing after another. And we, then we bent the Allen key in the bottom bracket trying to move it. So once we fixed one thing, it was another thing that didn't work. And it was, and some guy stopped and gave us some massive, great kind of, we, we just needed more leverage on it. And even the big kind of spanners, the leverage, that wouldn't budget. So, um, yeah, but we just, it kind of just got, Worse yeah. and worse, <laughs> you know, not being able to get the Allen keys out and kind of yeah. breaking those in the bike. Um, yeah. Anyway, and um, yeah, it worked. We did it. Yeah, did we, it. we ended we, up. There was um the the other thing that yeah. Well, the other thing that the, the other problem that the the chain wheel had got it must have had a, a stone and and one of the um one of the the little um you know teeth on it was slightly bent so to sort of file this tooth down I mean it's literally you know the necessity is the mother of all invention believe me I mean everything comes out the kit and kit bag and you're just trying to you know find something that you can use but fortunately again somebody stopped and actually gave us a file so we had a proper file and I think at that point we could you know we could just sort of file the chain wheel down and and um and the chain, the chain managed to uh, managed to stay on until we got to Adelaide, and we could uh, fix it fix it properly. When we got so it was used a nightmare, to the chain, though, honestly, <laughs> I could actually, if we stopped pedaling, I didn't have to get off the bike to be able to put the chain back on. I could flick it back on. I could bend over, flick it back on as we were going. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, we did get uh, quite good at that. I think you, that that description of trying to do repair mechanicals or do work on a bike and one thing leads to another and it progressively gets so that's my life trying to repair my bike so but you know that's in a shed how you've described yeah. it there it's taking it to another another dark world altogether um yeah but uh I, yeah I like that the phrase and necessity is the mother of invention just keep plugging away don't you and and suddenly someone turns up with a file that just when yeah. you need a file that you know here here it appears We'd had a bit of a nightmare coming out of Myanmar because the the road conditions just deteriorated, um, and we'd had we'd had five punctures, and um, we'd ended up staying in this this village, um, and uh, there was this massive thunderstorm. All the all the uh, power went off, and and so we couldn't really get anything to eat. And uh, the the next day we were trying to get over the the Thai border, and it, it's pretty mountainous around there. There's you know. It, 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 some quite significant climbs and quite quite hard climbs so not just your usual sort of um you know they're actually there's probably some elements that are kind of 15 percent plus you know it, it, which is very very hard on a tandem and um anyway we uh, we were we'd we'd planned to stay somewhere 
after the what was effectively the second hill climb of the, of the day. And of course, um, Google Maps let us down and there was actually nowhere to stay. And we'd been going, you know, we'd been going for, for hours. We'd sort of run out of water. Um, it, was, it was probably about half past 10, 11 o'clock at night. And we came across a night market. And, um, you know, fortunately, the, uh, some lovely woman said, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to someone who managed to speak English, which in the middle of Thailand is not, not without its challenges, um, it took us to somewhere we can actually stay for the night. And, and I think that, that's kind of what, what happened with the journey. You know, you, you'd have a moment where you thought, we're never going to find anywhere. You know, we're going to be riding all night. And, and then something would happen and you'd just come across something out of the, the middle of nowhere. And I think, you know, our experience of people around the world is that, you know, people would really go out of the way to help you and, you know, would be very kind yeah. and they'd give you food and they'd support you and they'd help you find accommodation. And, you know, and it did give you a lot of faith in, in humans, really. And, uh, you know, but it's, it, you know, you can have that moment of, oh, my goodness. And then the next second, it's completely changed because something's happened and you found somewhere and, you know, you've got somewhere to stay for the night and, and off you go again, you know? Yeah, it's great. I think in, we hear so much about the, the dark side of human behaviour and not nearly enough about the, the kindness of people. And, and that. Yeah, I think that the way you describe it there, that um, complete strangers and people going out of their way to help you. Yeah, fantastic. I don't think there was ever a time when people frightened us or, you know, whether we were scared. I think um, quite the opposite. You know, they were very welcoming and, um, yeah, really, really nice, lovely. Yeah. Okay, so when when did you realise that you were going to make it? You know, when when did was was it a was it a defining moment where you thought this is we are actually going to do it, and not only are we going to do it, we're going to break the world record? Raz, can you kick off? Well, I'd like I'd like to say there was, and I'd like to say yes, it was fantastic. But we, I think we actually set off wanting to beat them, and with a spreadsheet, we knew every single day where exactly where we were so um and how we were doing and I don't think I think when we uh, set off we were thinking of you know every week we'd have a day off and we'd relax and we'd do that and that we never did that so we we cycled every day and so the days kind of click, clicked up and I think we always could see from every day that we were um we were ahead of ourselves so um but I think I think the reality came, you know, coming into France and actually thinking, do you know what? We could really do this. And then you know, obviously there's another story because of COVID and things. Um, we did it even quicker than we had planned to do it. So I, I um, yeah, I think I think we were always very aware of the timing. Yeah, I think there was I actually got back to the to the UK. And I, and I say that. Because we had one day actually in the UK to get back to to Oxford, and I say that because there was so much uncertainty about about COVID. So um, we um, we were riding. I mean, we started hearing about the severity of it. I guess when we when we we were in Morocco and we were making our way up through Morocco and and through Spain and and then France and 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 back and. And we um, we got into France, and everything was just closing around us. And it was that we needed to do as a minimum. Um, but even then, we were really conscious about 
um, we need to we need to be able to get out of France and back into the UK. You know, at a time when everything was shutting. And as it transpired, we actually left France on the day that um, Macron imposed the travel ban. So we wouldn't have been able to to ride the follow, following day, really. I mean, we, we managed to get to the coast and then we got on the second to last passenger ferry um, out, out of France. So because of that, you know, it wasn't like um, a moment where we thought, oh, well, we've done 18,000 miles, we're fine. We were still really conscious of being able to physically get back and not somehow be stopped um, because, you know, and had we been on our original schedule, which was ready to beat the men's record by a day or so, you know, we were we didn't really mind by how much provided we, <laughs> we were the fastest ever, um, we would have been locked down in Madrid. So we would have been... Um, because in Madrid, they, they banned cycling. So as part of the lockdown, they actually stopped cycling. And uh, we were in Madrid sort of a couple, probably just a week or so, really, before, before we got into, um, you know, before we got back. And I think, so it was actually, that, you know, the things that you, you would kind of expect to stop you um, beating the record were not things that, actually nearly did so you know if we just if somebody just said to us at the beginning of the ride you know what the thing that might stop you is a global pandemic you'd have kind of thought really <laughs> but that was the truth of it um and and i think other things like the you know we we got very very wet and the monsoon rains and, and the fires in in australia as well we got um you know we had to change our route because of that and it was those things that that were were you know that that really sort of kept us on the edge right until the end, I think. I don't know if you felt like that, Raz, but that's certainly how I, I felt. Yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, it was the COVID. When it really hit us in Madrid, when, the, when we stayed with um, somebody who'd been following us, she'd advised us to stay. And as we left that day, they went into lockdown. And um, that was, that really, um, that brought it home big time because, yeah. Otherwise, they were really, really strict. And that's when, you know, the first lockdown, people were literally in their apartments and kind of out, uh, hanging out their balcony. She had a tiny wee apartment and that, would have, that was her stuck in that for, um, you know, for a long time. And we, so that, that was um, very lucky. We missed that just, <laughs> just about. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing, you might say, to <laughs> just to get ahead. But yeah, it's, it's nature, all, all these these challenges that you faced it's like nature helping yeah. you in some ways but but um throwing throwing you a few um a few bidongs on the road along the way as well yeah i think i mean i think you know when we set off and we talked about some of the things that might go wrong you know it was more well we need to be really careful we don't get ill so you know because obviously we could get ill and or or you know, I don't want to fall off if we fall off. And, you know, it was those it was kind of things that, that would happen to us, but rather than the things happening in the external environment that, that had a massive impact. That's true. And we didn't fall off once. Due oh, we to didn't fall off, by the way. We didn't. Amazing, amazing um, piloting. And I think we were only, I mean, we weren't ill in India. We stayed well, and uh, we only had two little tiny days, bouts of um, DMV, 
and one was that the, one of those was in America. So um, yeah, on the whole, we were incredibly lucky with our with our health and uh, everything. Russ should tell the story about the when she was feeling very ill in the in the Big Sur and um, yeah. that the conversation we had about riding. Well, I'd been. We'd had a meal. We stayed in this lovely place. Actually, it was really nice. It was up in the mountains and um, and kind of in a forest place. There were log cabins, and we were really incredibly lucky. We were very excited about where we were staying, and they had a lovely dining room, and we ate and we had food, and um, that was really nice. And we were having a kind of an early night. And as I I got into bed, I just thought, oh, it feel good really oh that's funny and my you know you when you can actually hear your stomach just churning anyway i was up all night i just kind of yeah uh, up and um cat i think must have slept through most of it so by the morning i was feeling really rough and um i was having to get up and cat was saying come on then let's go and i was going oh don't feel good and she said okay all right well we could stay here or you could just get on the bike and cycle down the road. If you don't feel good enough, we'll come back. And I knew there was no way on. Cat doesn't turn around and she doesn't come back. She never does. So I knew the minute I got on the bike, that was it. And I was on it. And, you know, it was also the Big Sur, which was incredibly hilly. I thought, I thought I was, I couldn't, I mean, I just couldn't have any breakfast or anything cat who's managed to eat but I couldn't eat and I thought I was doing incredibly well and I thought I was pedaling very hard but Mm. Kat might tell you I was (laughs) I wasn't at all and by lunchtime we did stop for lunch and by the time I had a managed to have a kind of a a diet coke and a bit of an ice cream um, I did feel a lot better but um, a little bit more energy but Kat really um, you know it's a it's one of those things she, she made me she made me cycle, but then she had to do all the work. <laughs> Although I sh- I'm sure I did a bit of pedaling. Yeah, no, I think, um, I don't think I did make you, but um, I think it was one of the hardest <laughs> days for me on the bike because, um, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, the, I mean, it was probably the most mountainous day in, um, in the yeah. States for sure. Uh, this stretch, it was absolutely beautiful, the stretch of uh, coastline as well, but, but, you know, very, very hilly. And, uh, you know, I think, I think Russ was on the back just sort of, you know, twiddling her legs around, even though she thought she was putting down massive wattage. Um, I I we had to stop once so I could be sick. I seem to remember <laughs> off the side of the bike, you made me cycle. <laughs> my legs <laughs> your legs <laughs> oh, right. it, oh yes all good yeah. all good any fun. excuse <laughs> yeah yeah so a bit of, a bit of rough justice there for your cat for um, yes i think uh, so. yeah yeah um fabulous yeah, and I've been, i think I've, so i think so. yeah i've been to i've been to big sur and it is it, it, around there and and um, I, I wasn't on a bike I was driving but so you don't get quite the same experience but it is amazing around there and yeah I'd, I, it's, it's one of my one of my plans for the future is is to cycle I've got um, some relatives that live in the suburbs of LA is to cycle down from San Francisco down to LA anyway that's not that's me right so I'll put a stop that no just, you must do it yeah. absolutely yeah no, it's a really it's a really really lovely stretch great stretch yeah, yeah. So you you are now inspirational figures to people in the in the in the cycling world. I know you you probably don't quite realise that. I can see you shaking your head, 
Raz. Um, but uh, yeah, you are. You are. You know, people now look at you and are, are, in, are inspired by you. And what? How? How would you like that to be used? I mean, what, what sort of legacy would you like to build on 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 the back of this amazing achievement that that, that the two of you have have done, Raz? First. Well, I think I'm. I have to say, I I am now. I'm 56. And I haven't always cycled. I mean, I've always had a bike and um, I've always, you know, my mother was Dutch and we, so I've been on the back of a bike most of my life in some way, but kind of just cycling and I might have cycled to work. But it's only in the last, well, I was just thinking it's five years since I met Kat and it's only in the last five years that I've really cycled seriously. Um, and so I think... I'd like, you know, most importantly, I firstly, you're never too old. And, you know, for women, I think our age is fantastic. The children, if you have children, they've grown up, they don't actually, you know, they're independent. And actually, this is our time to do and live and do stuff. And I think just grasp it. And there's another thing that I, you know, from all of this is friendship and meeting Kat you know, really has changed my life, my outlook and how, you know, I, how I perceive the possibilities. Anything is possible. And um, I think, you know, if people are just setting out and getting bikes and learning, you have no idea what you can actually do. Um, I had no idea. I was one minute, I was cycling around the block, the next minute around the world. And it's, it's possible and it's doable. Yeah, so I think, I think um, I think it's really important to follow your dreams and you know and 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 live life with no regrets and you know it's very you know I think people sometimes come up with reasons as to why they can't do something and and what I'd encourage people to do is if it's something that you want to do whatever it is then then go do it you know what's what's the worst that can happen and. You know, I think, um, and you know, and I think hopefully we've we've sort of demonstrated that that you know that women, um, you know, w- women can do this, and you know, and even if you're a, a bit older, so I mean, obviously I'm much younger than Raz. I'm I'm sort of fifty four, um, but uh, well, you know, can follow your dreams. <laughs> I've just had a birthday. That's the only reason. But, but you can. <laughs> I think you're protesting too much there um but yeah so i think you know for, for your dreams and and if it's if it's on a bike or if it's whatever it is then then just go go do it and um you know and i and i i hope that you know we have inspired people to i mean you know not obviously everybody's going to want to ride around the world but you know irrespective of how far it is you know just get out there you know enjoy it enjoy the friendship and camaraderie that, that come with it enjoy the sort of you know the, the the sort of teammates and you know working as a team and you know I think it I think it um it's certainly life life enhancing and it's been life enhancing for us you know doing doing the challenge and um you know it, it does it does give you a very different perspective on 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 life and I'd I, you know I'd encourage anybody to to really go for it, whatever it, whatever it is that they want to go for. And I think also for me, we live in a world we have, I'm just sitting in a house and it's full of stuff. 
and stuff I don't use or need or want particularly, but it's full of stuff. We spent all that time with kind of two pairs of shorts, a couple of jerseys and the absolute minimum that we needed. We, We discarded anything that wasn't remotely useful. And do you know what? I didn't miss any of it. It was just brilliant, just having the bare essentials that we needed to um, to kind of just live. And actually, we just, I think, I've never been happier um, just with nothing other than what we needed and just thinking of, you know, one day ahead, sorting ourselves out and uh, caring for each other was amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that, it's really important to live in the moment and not to always be thinking thinking ahead. I mean, I think, you know, one of the challenges with the record was because it was a record, sort of conscious of actually um, being in the moment and enjoying, you know, each day and the things that we saw each day. And that's why, you know, we tried to, you know, every day on the bike, we thought of as a, as a, as a new adventure, there'd be something that happened and something and that's why we try to tell the story of, of what was happening and inevitably there was something funny or, or something that happened um even even if you thought well we're just going to get on the day on, on the bike and, and ride all day but there'll be something you know that, that you'll have seen and and enjoyed or laughed about or whatever it was invariably it was cat laughing at me i have to say so yeah <laughs> okay, Kat and Raz, uh, thank you so much for sharing these stories. Uh, you are you are an an inspiration. Your achievement is 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 amazing, and I really hope that that legacy that you discussed of you know just just realizing that anyone anyone uh, can go out and and ride a bike and get huge pleasure and enjoyment and feel feel the world is a better place on the back of it so thank you thank you so much for for joining us really grateful for your time um okay you're very welcome thank you for asking us it's been lovely uh chatting to you thanks thanks norman really really enjoyed it and it's really really lovely to to actually share some of the stories so thank you for thank you for taking the time to speak to us today that, that's all right and it's just it's just it's a pure joy just sitting back and what well obviously not watching you but watching raz's reaction and the you know the the yeah i can see how you managed to get through it between the, the relationship that you've that you've uh, <laughs> that you've got there I th- yeah and i think you know we i think we are different very different but we i think the compliment you know cat thinks in in one thing i think of other things and together she is also a thrifty rabbit, so she will not spend full, any kind of money full price on anything. So this is <laughs> make me go and uh, get discounts on everything, which we did. So, you know, it, actually, the other thing is it doesn't actually have to be that expensive, you know, because we, I mean, we camped and we, we actually didn't spend much money each day. And um, so you don't need huge huge quantities of money to do this you need a bike and um some panniers really i'd say and a good and a good friend (laughs) oh i suppose that's yeah that's reasonably yeah yeah and you so when so when i so so the next the next steps are 
Um, I think we're either going to do put it out next week or the week after because we're, we're kind of putting together a couple of episodes um, this this week. Um, so not quite sure which way around we're going to do it. But it is a bit of a tandem theme because I've um, I've done a couple of other interviews. One with Alex Reeves, who runs Charlotte's Tandems, um, who I'm sure you will you you will have heard of. Um, but also Richard Peplow, um, who. Uh, is um, he used to be he's semi-retired now. He used to be a bit of a big big shot in the cycling industry, but he's a huge. Him and his wife do a loads of tandem riding, go out to the Alps and the Pyrenees, and actually really interesting. I, I just spoke to Richard earlier on today, and one of the interesting things that he said was that when he was a student, was when he first got into tandem riding, he was he was into racing, and one of the other guys in the cycling club who raced, they decided that they're going to try and break some tandem records together. And he said it was the classic case of two plus two on a tandem equals three because they were so opposed that they, they, they wanted to ride in different gears, they wanted to corner differently, they would want to break at different times. It was just they were completely incompatible. Um, but it sounds like you guys just because you know even, even though you're clearly different personalities, you 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 were able to kind of really work as a team effectively. Well, we were, you know, you get so in tune because when you first start, obviously. The, the pilots telling telling you when you're changing gear because you have to be aware of that and it wasn't long that we were cycling the bike that I just I just knew what Kat was going to do and uh, you never had to you had to say and we moved the same and I think um, yeah you just become you get really in tune with it and I think um, Kat is definitely a pilot she will never go on the back <laughs> obviously but I think it also takes a certain skill to go <laughs> to be the stoker too. So you know they're just different different positions. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think we've got it. Uh, yeah, it, it worked really well. I mean, you know, we, we were as I say we, um, we we didn't swap. I mean, some 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 tandems do, and we had the bike set up, you know, for our you know because we had it quite. It's quite a few micro adjustments, really, because when you're doing that sort of mileage, honestly, you you really need to to, to get the setup right. Um, and you know, so we I piloted and and um, and Raz stoked, but you know, it was a complete team, and uh, you know, it worked really really well. And you know, it, it slightly different different skills, but you know, both absolutely necessary. So part of that teamwork was. You know, it was absolutely was absolutely key for sure. Cat actually hyperventilates on the back, so um, whether it's my driving, <laughs> I don't know. It is. But, uh... <laughs> some people are born to be front seat drivers. You know, the, the rest of us can the rest of us can switch between, but some people can only cope with being at the front, don't they? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Cat was talking about the micro adjustments. On my on the way down, you know, the first few days, my feet were absolutely on, you know, like on fire, burning after a while. And just that pain that you, I didn't know how to what to do with it, but just by changing the cleat. But you know, it was only by millimeters. It just took the pressure off your ner- off my nerves. So, and they were fine, um, thank goodness. But um, that's how you know, kind of finely tuned they were. So we just didn't want to risk it really either. No, because it's so easy, isn't it? One one tiny little thing can grow into something enormous, yeah. can't it? So yeah, sure. Thank you so much. Oh, good to talk to you. Thank you. Well, Foggy, what an, what an amazing achievement for Kat and Raz 
to 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 cycle around the world and what just you know listening to them what what fantastic stories and endeavor that they that they had to 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 manage that to manage that achievement yeah it, it's blown me away I, I think i think um that just the the fact that they're quite humble about it um and it, it's not really been plastered everywhere all over the you know all, all over the, the world in terms of this massive achievement it's just a, it's well i mean there's not many words to describe it other than awesome you know fantastic yeah, what what there was there's a load of highlights there for me speaking to them. What one of them that really struck me though was what they said about, and we picked it up in the interview about how helpful people were, and it was it's 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 so uplifting to hear them say that they didn't really have any trouble the whole the whole time that they, well they had troubles <laughs> mechanical troubles as we heard, but in terms of like tr- trouble with with other people they didn't they didn't really have it. And quite the opposite actually, people went out of their way. To help them, so it was, it was. It was just so fantastic to hear that you know the, about the goodness of people. Oh, incredible! Because you, you hear so much um, about the negative side of people, and you think some of the countries that they've ridden through, twenty-five countries or whatever it is, that there's, there's got to be just by sheer numbers, you know, some kind of altercation somewhere. With even if it's just a, an angry motorist or whatever, but they didn't seem to have been frightened by anybody or. or which is just, that's incredible. That's an incredible part of the story, definitely. Yeah, I think there might be something about, somebody else mentioned it to me about being on a tandem. Just people people see you in a different way. If, if you know, Perhaps if there'd been two women on bikes, separate bikes, it might have been a bit different. Yeah, yeah, a, tandem, yeah. a tandem, people yeah. see you in a, in a different way. But anyway, whatever, fantastic that... Mm. That they got round without having having any issues, and as I say, quite the opposite. I think when when I asked them about darkest moments and and you know the trials and tribulations of the the experience, I think the thing that stood out for me was that experience of trying to fix the the oh, chain yeah. on the tandem in the desert yeah. in Australia. I, I mean, I just I can't imagine what that must have been like. Well. Uh- you know, I put this out there to anybody who rides a bike. When you get a flat tire or a minor mechanical, and what goes through your mind in terms of the, the victim mentality is, why is this happening to me? And, and it takes a few seconds or it takes a few minutes for you to sort of go, all right, let's get on with it and fix it. I mean, some people will be faster than others, obviously. Um, but but those are, you know, first world problems, really. You, you know, you've got a flat tire somewhere and you're not really stranded. So for them in the middle of the desert, you know, in 45 degree heat, covered in flies, to have the presence of mind and forethought to just keep going through that. And I, I, I was struggling to understand the seven hours bit as to how it took seven hours to fix it. But obviously, you know, it just, it's a tiny, it's, it's a relatively small problem that just gets exacerbated, it gets worse and worse and worse. It's like, you know, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing with a, with a slightly warped wheel ends up with a banana. Um, shaped wheel you know that sort of thing and it just obviously one thing leading to another and and they obviously knew or at least one of them knew what they were doing to try and you know to get it fixed but to to persevere for that long is incredible it sums them up actually just just thinking about it just now doesn't it that in that little tiny part of their adventure around the world yeah it, it captures what they were about that just that persistence that 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 desire to get it done against all odds that they just keep going at it and keep going at it and and then something that I, I kind of love the the notion of uh, 
you know, somebody appeared with a file and that was just what they needed at that time. That there was <laughs> yeah. just, I think, I, I think it was, yeah. yeah, I think it was, was it, I can't remember if it was Kat or Raz said at one point that, that they just had these experiences day after day where things would just work out for them. And they, they'd think it was all going to be, you know, they, they think they were heading for cycling through the night because they couldn't find somewhere to see. And it's, you know, suddenly someone would appear and offer them somewhere fantastic. So it's that, yeah. that, that, that there is something about just persistence and just keep going at it and and having that that view that things will work out and and it and it did for them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. was I I yeah. The, I'm I'm what I think as I mentioned in the in the interview with them. I'm one of these people. I I know yeah. You know, like a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, isn't it? it kind of takes it takes me into <laughs> doing all sorts of mechanical repairs that are are beyond my skill set, and I always seem to like end up it just progressively. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. You know, this happens and that happens, and anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. It's it's, yeah, a, it's a very strong mindset, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 experience of just you know we're talking about them keeping going in persistence, but I uh, the the relationship that they that they had that allowed them to do that, and I understand that now having spoken to them about. The two very different characters, and it's summed it's summed up in the in the in the very humorous banter that they that they had when mm. when they were in Big Sur in California, and and Raz had been sick all night, and Kat was like, "Well, we're still doing it, so you're getting on the on the bike," and, <laughs> and then the, you know the the rough justice of of uh, and well, Kat had to do all the pedaling then for that day, yeah. and, and them laughing about it, it was. Uh, you can understand how they did it when you when you listen to them. Oh, it's you know, it, I, I think you know when we, we go for say a, a distance ride, and you think that the in your mind, how long is it going to take me to do 70, 80 k or whatever, and that sort of stuff. And it, it, there's a there's a you know a sort of I guess people use different methods to overcome the what the, the mindset or the, the blockages that might sort of put you off doing that. But you look at these two and the way they're going consistently day in, day out through those sort of issues, getting on together, sitting on a tandem. I, 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 I'd struggle on a tandem. Um, you know, I like, I like to be in control of my bike and I couldn't, I definitely couldn't be a, um, a stoker, you know, I'd have to be the pilot. Um, so what it's just incredible relationship, I guess, between the two of them. Yeah. And then, and then to finish it off, that late drama of them cycling up through Spain and and France, yeah, and not yeah. not you know as the as the pandemic took its grip across, well certainly across Europe at that point, but but uh, you know obviously also across the world, and not being quite sure whether they would actually make it, you know, having having got that far and and we're well ahead of the world record time and. Managed, I think she said it was the second last ferry that that they managed. Yeah, to pretty get much. On. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that what a way to to have that going through your mind. You know, this could just absolutely completely scupper our efforts over the time period that they've been riding. You know, all those thousands and thousands of miles and um, or kilometers, and and then for who, who would have known? You know, while they were riding a bike around the world, who who would have known that was going to happen? Um, just just amazing. But they got there. They they did, and I, and actually, you know, thinking about it, and ha, you know, having met met the two of them now and spoken to them, I don't think I don't think a global pandemic would have stopped them from it. Well, obviously, no, didn't I don't stop them. Do that. I don't think <laughs> much could have, much could have stopped them from. Mm. <coughs> excuse me from mm. from achieving that. So yeah, what a, what a 
what an amazing story to 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 listen to. You know, it would make a great film, wouldn't it? I mean, obviously, oh, I think so. Pe- yeah. People would know what the what the outcome is, uh, but yeah, it's got all the ingredients there for a, a fantastic, fantastic film. Definitely, yeah. There's one 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 outstanding piece that I loved about it was that the the, the uh, and I can't remember which, who said it, but it was the perfect speed thing. Um, you know, riding riding a bike is a perfect speed to to absorb and see things. Whereas walking can be too slow, takes too long. But being in a bus or a car or a vehicle of some sort is too quick, and you don't take it in. And I think it's. I mean, if you look around the world, there's been quite a bit of research on that in terms of, um, you know, what, what actually happens when you ride a bike. It's, it's not just all the, the happy hormones and everything else, but it's your awareness of what's 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 happening around you and your, your the ability to absorb information and take stuff in. So I thought that was really cool. The perfect speed. Um, I like that. Yeah, and I can I, I I can picture it and almost experience it with them as that just that yeah. the way that the world and the landscapes and and the weather changes just that gra- gradual, by yeah. you say just at the right speed where you um where you really notice it happening um yeah so that's yep that's Cat and Raz so thanks to Cat and Raz for that yeah, awesome. inter- interview you can you can go and see more about their adventures on their website which is tandemwowww.com and i think their fundraising efforts are, are still going so you if you want you can you can donate money to the, the charities that they were writing for and also just a, a shout out to orbit bikes who gave them the tandem uh, orbit well-known tandem maker in the uk so yeah they they got their bike from orbit and all their kit they got from stolen goat as well so yeah yeah thanks to stolen goat for supporting them um, yeah, on brilliant. that on that on that great adventure and um, so we will be back again um, in the next episode foggy where we've got more tandem stories bit of a tandem yes. theme for the for these couple of of podcasts but until then have a have a great week and see you in the next podcast yeah all the best everyone bye